wow, God is in the house. I mean, man, I'm just, I'm struck. I am struck by the power of the words of that last song. Um, the call of us to invite people to Christ and to, to uh, just reach out. Boy, God is good, amen? amen. All right, all right. Well, let's uh, look at the uh, word of God briefly here. Uh, I want to look, first of all, at 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Just one simple verse here. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Just encourage you to bring your Bibles to worship, or you can reach for one in the pew in front of you. I want you to know your word because it's life. It's, the, it's, it's, a, it's a lifeline to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. This is what Paul says to this group of Christians. And we urge you, brothers and sisters... Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. I'll read it one more time. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. And then turning over uh, into the... uh, Old Testament, just about the middle of the Old Testament, the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. This is the prophet Jeremiah speaking, even as he has seen his his home city of Jerusalem completely destroyed. He's been lamenting that, and then these words come forth. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's pray. Lord, Pray that you will speak to us this morning through your word, that your Holy Spirit will move, and that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this fall we've been working on this series called Headed Upstream, and um, we've been thinking about the fact that it's actually possible to know that you are growing in your spiritual life. It's possible for you to have a way to, in a sense, measure that you're making some progress in your spiritual journey. We don't just want to say, you know, uh, you know, come along and, and uh, you might never know where you are, but just, you know, hang in there, keep going. No, but we, we, we believe that God wants to give you an occasional sign here or there that encourages you and helps you to know that you're growing. And so we've been using this image of the river. We've been talking about how God calls us to be headed upstream, that God is the source, and he's calling us to do something different than the world. It's like the world is uh, all headed downstream. That's the easy way. Remember Pastor Kristen preached last week about how the the, um, gates of life, the gate to life is narrow, and few go through it, but the uh, gate to, um, to hell is broad, and many people travel on that path. It's, uh, we've been talking about how uh, 
if each one of us is in our own little canoe here, uh, that God calls us to head upstream away from the way that everybody else is going. Everyone else is floating on past us downstream. And there we are chugging upstream. And it's not, remember he said, it's not our own strength. It's not us out there trying harder in our spiritual life. But God gives us the motor, which is the Holy Spirit, and allows us to use the Spirit to continue to head upstream. But what do we have to do? We have to steer our boat in the right direction, right? We can't just kind of let it go off to the side either way. We have to be headed towards the source, headed towards God. And all of that was to say that we're putting God first. That's what it means to put God first in our lives. When we put God first, then that is a huge sign to us that we are growing in the faith. Did you hear what I said? When we put God first, that's a huge sign to us that we are growing in the faith. That's one of those signposts. Now, how do you describe whether you're putting God first? Well, You'll hear me say this many times in Pastor Christian as well. I look at two books. Look at my date book and look at my checkbook. And you'll know whether or not I'm putting God first. Is in your date book it obvious that you're spending time with the Lord? Is it obvious that you're coming on Sunday to worship? You will worship something this week, friends. You will worship something this week. The question is, will it be the Lord? Or will it be something else? And look at your checkbook. Wow. Would it be obvious there that you understand that everything you have, every resource, including your body itself, everything you have, it belongs to God. It's all God's. And he asks you to give back just a small portion, 10%, to him. Would we know that by looking at your checkbook? Putting God first. That's what it means. That's what it means to be headed upstream. Well, today we're going to think about that a little bit more. We're going to be talking about how we interact with other folks who are headed upstream with us. You know, when I'm in a canoe and uh, I'm on the river, I generally have two reactions to other people who are in canoes on the river. This uh, first set of folks here, yes, isn't that a pleasant family? Look at those nice, happy people. If I see other nice people like that in a canoe, I say, isn't it great that all these folks are out in canoes on this river? This river is being well used. You know, these are folks who look like, well, they kind of look silly, don't they? But they, they look like somebody who's not too threatening, right? They look like somebody that you say, okay, hey, if I tipped over, they might come to my rescue, that kind of thing. And then there's folks that you really don't want to see in canoes on the river. There's, yeah. If you see somebody like that in the canoe, you say, let's get out of here, right? Creepy people. People who um, might be drunk. They might tip you over. They might not come to your rescue in that moment when you need them to. That's generally when I'm on the river and I'm looking I see somebody, I'm like, yeah, let's say hi, or let's paddle faster and get past these folks. Really, those two reactions. But what if in this metaphor we're talking about, we look at other people who are headed upstream like us, we look out and we see there's other folks, other folks just like you are, in their canoe, headed upstream, using the motor that God has given them, trying to follow Jesus, not going with the flow like everybody else is, headed downstream, 
How do you interact with those people? Look around. Look around right now. Those are these people that I'm talking about. We're here worshiping God because we're headed upstream right now. These are the people that you might look around and say, well, they look like they're headed upstream too. Well, the Apostle Paul has some advice for Christians in this first verse that we uh, read from 1 Thessalonians today. I'll read it again to you. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Now remember, Paul's writing this to a group of Christians, and he's writing it to them about how to interact with other Christians. Aren't we just supposed to know this stuff? Don't other Christians just help each other out and treat each other well all the time? (laughs) Unfortunately, you know that that's not true, right? That was the power of that last song we sang. Why why aren't the hands helping? Why aren't people reaching out? We know that we have to be reminded, don't we? And so Paul starts out, he says, we urge you. We urge you. We don't just invite you. I've noticed this sometimes about church, you know. We invite you to do this, and we invite you to do that. You know, we're polite, and that's good. I mean, it's good to be polite. But Paul says, we urge you. Like, this isn't just a suggestion. This isn't just a nice idea. This isn't just a healthy tip for the day. No. We urge you, like when you're standing on the sidelines of a soccer game and the kids are running out there and you're going, come on! What are you doing? You're urging them. You're saying, you can do it. I know you're dead tired. Keep running, kid! I didn't birth you to slow down on the soccer field. (laughs) We're urging them. We want them to do well, right? And it's just a game. It's just a game. No, I I think games are fun. I, I stand on the sidelines and yell at my kids too. I mean, in a nice way. I do, really. (laughs) But I urge them on, okay? But Paul is talking about our spiritual lives. How much more important is that than just a game that's over in a few minutes? He says, we urge you to do this. We urge you, brothers and sisters. Now, this is for every Christian. Your, um, your Bible might have just said brothers. which The Greek there just says brothers. But the meaning of the Greek, very clearly from scholars, is meaning everyone, brothers and sisters. So it means, brothers and sisters, it means everyone. We urge you, everyone who is a Christian, whatever Paul is calling us to do, he's expecting that everyone who's a Christian is going to do this. Now, I mean, we're, we're tempted, aren't we, sometimes? To, hey, you know, that's for, um, that's for super Christians. You know, people who somehow are more spiritual than me. Leader-type Christians. No, 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 no. Paul says every Christian is supposed to do this. We urge you. We urge you to do this. Everyone who's in a canoe headed upstream, back to the source, back to God. These are the tasks that we are called to do. And we are tempted to think, you know, come on, I'm having a hard enough time keeping my own canoe straight in the water. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, 
am fully focused on just keeping my canoe straight, do I really have to look out for other people? Well, maybe I can ask you, when your canoe doesn't go straight and somebody else looks out for you, how happy are you about that? That your brothers and sisters in Christ look out for you in those moments. And so the call of God on our lives is that we are to pay attention to each other. To, to, we're supposed to care about the other Christians around us. In fact, here's the deal. We cannot do this Christian life by ourselves. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. I know people say to me often, they really do, hey, you know, I worship God in the woods. And I worship God in the woods. But that's not the only place you can worship God. In fact, you need other Christians. In fact, if you show up here today and nobody else did, I would preach to you. I did that once. On the really bad snowy Sunday at a little service that usually had about 20 people and one guy showed up and I preached to him. It was awesome. He got the full blast, man. Great. No, it was great. We had a great time. It was, it was really cool because he actually talked back to me in the middle of the sermon. It was good. I was like that. But we desperately need each other in this journey. We, if you showed up and there was, only, there was nobody else here, that would just sort of be deflating, wouldn't it? Whereas if you show up and there's tons of people here, we have an energy. We're in this together. We can do this. We can follow the Lord together. I... Uh, I had the privilege, really it was a privilege, of uh, leading a wilderness experience program many years ago with uh, kids who were deprived delinquent kids from Tioga County, Pennsylvania. These were rough kids. And uh, we took them backpacking on the Appalachian Trail, 96 miles, 136 miles canoeing on the west branch of the Susquehanna River. We did rock climbing. We did ropes course. We did all sorts of things. 22-day trips, 22 days without a shower. We did not raise our hands. <laughs> Let me tell you, we called these kids hoods in the woods. That's what we called them. It was tough. It was tough. I mean, we would go down this river, and uh, this is where I learned about a throw bag. If you can have a picture of a throw bag. A throw bag is, uh, you can see there's sort of a loop on one end, and then this whole rope is wound up inside this bag because it's a lot easier to throw a bag with a rope in it than it is just to throw a coil of rope. So this is in your canoe. And if one of the kids goes over the side or if the canoe dumps or whatever, you hold on to one end and you throw the bag and the rope just kind of un uncoils out of it and it lands right next to the person. And they can grab it and you can pull them back in the canoe, all right? Now these kids were a pain in the neck. I am not over-exaggerating this. It was, I probably lost like three years of life just having to deal with these kids. But let me tell you, if any one of them had gone over in the boat, I would have thrown them a rope like that. I would have thrown them a rope like that. They annoyed me. And I would have thrown them a rope. You might say, well, I know some Christians that annoy me. That's right. But you still are called by God to throw them a rope. When you see another Christian struggling, we're all, as Christians, called to throw each other a rope, no matter what they've done, no matter how annoying they are, even no matter their sins, we're called to throw each other a rope. 
Paul says, we urge you, we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Warn those folks who are idle and and disruptive. Those folks who are giving in to temptations. Those folks who are letting their boats get turned around in the water and are studying, starting to head downstream. You know, it doesn't take much if you're headed upstream to just get the tip of your canoe just a little bit off. And what happens? That water just catches the tip and it'll spin you right around real quick, won't it? And just like that, you'll be headed downstream. Sometimes that happens to folks who are just inattentive. They're just not paying attention. Maybe they're lazy. Maybe they're just worn out. Paul uses this word here, idle. Folks who are just saying, you know, I'm I'm so sick of going against the flow. This is really hard. Can't I just rest for a little bit? Or maybe they aren't even saying that. Maybe they're just not really paying attention and they're starting to spin right around. Paul says, warn those folks. Warn them. Tell them the danger that they face. Reach out to them. I think of folks who are thinking, "Ah, it's not so important that I'm in church on Sunday. Maybe you have a friend or a family member who is in that category. And I just want you to know, it's appropriate for you to warn them. Not, you know, hellfire and brimstone. No, but, but, you know, you got to have a relationship with a person like this if you're going to say something a little bit bold like this. But, but if, you, if they know you love them and you say, hey, you know, I haven't seen you for a couple weeks. I just want to encourage you. Hope you're doing well, right? Everything cool in your life? Yeah, you know, it's great to be in worship. It's great to worship God. Do you know right now in the United States, people who say, I am a regular attender at worship, that, that the number of folks in the United States who say that category are in worship, are you ready for this? 0.9 times a month. People who describe themselves as regular attenders of worship are in worship 0.9 times a month. Wow. I don't know what the number is here. I'm going to figure that out. That would be really interesting to know. But that's... A radical shift in the last 20 years. 20 years ago, people who described themselves as regular attenders of worship were in worship twice a month. Now it's down to 0.9. Very interesting. Don't know where you are in that. But I want to encourage you, warn you, you will worship something this week. What will it be? We usually drift away, don't we? Uh, Just not... We don't usually just turn our backs on God. We usually sort of just start drifting, you know? I hope somebody throws you a rope. I hope you throw somebody a rope. Who will you worship this week? Well, we're uh, um, warn the idle and the disruptive. The disruptive could be described as the intentionally rebellious. You know, I know God's plan, and I'm not really interested in it. And, you know, sometimes... Sometimes people are just like, talk to the hand, you know? Okay, all right. But sometimes people are kind of, they're feeling rebellious, but they just kind of need a little wake-up call. And once again, in a careful, gentle way, if you warn them, remind them that maybe something they just told you about how they cheated on their taxes and got away with it this year, you know? You ever in those conversations when people are like, 
let me tell you this bad thing I've done. You're like, oh, yeah, what do I say? What do I say? You know, this, that could be a good moment. It's like an open door. You know, whoa, really? You cheated on your taxes? You got away with it? Is that really a good thing? Folks who are not telling the whole truth or folks who are promoting dissensions or factions who are gossiping about each other. Folks who are doing something in their lifestyle that's it's just going to drag them down and drag other people down. Then Paul says, encourage the timid. Encourage the timid. These are people who have lost their confidence in God. These are folks who sort of pulled their boat over to the side of the stream. They're hooked up to the bank, or maybe they're sitting in one of those little eddies that happens on the side of a river, and they're just kind of afraid to enter the stream. They've been beaten up by life. They're, they're worried. I don't, know, I, I don't know if I can continue in the same direction here. It's a bit overwhelming. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you understand what it means when you've lost a loved one or someone you care about has been in a, a really a difficult, tragic circumstance, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 can I do this? Can I keep following God? Is God faithful? Do I want to head back to the source? And hopefully somebody comes by and says, come, come on, I'll throw you a rope. Let's get back out in the stream. Let's, let's keep doing this. Maybe you've tried and failed again to overcome a bad habit. Maybe you've experienced great resistance to a dream. Maybe you've set out to accomplish something for God and it's fallen completely short. And you're just kind of sitting there wondering and somebody comes by and throws you a rope and says, come on, let's do it. Let's do it together. Or maybe you, you have had that experience and you look out and you see someone else having that experience. Friend, throw them the rope. Give them some hope. That's huge. You can do it. It's not just, let's, let's call the church and make sure somebody over there does it. No, you have the relationship. And you have the power, the power of the Holy Spirit in you to make that difference in somebody's life. I think about Barnabas in the book of Acts. Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement. What an encouragement he was to young Mark. Mark, who started out with Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey, but lost his nerve got worried about the persecution they were facing and decided to go home. And what did Barnabas do? Paul kind of said, forget that guy. But Barnabas went home and sought out Mark and took him on another missionary journey. And most scholars think that's Mark who wrote the book of Mark. Aren't you happy that Barnabas threw him a rope? I wonder if Paul was thinking about that when he said, encourage the timid like I didn't do to Mark, but Barnabas did. I don't know. What a powerful thing if somebody's just kind of lost their confidence to throw them a rope. Encourage the timid. Then Paul says, help the weak. Help the weak. I think about people who are young in their faith. People who have not been at this for very long. New Christians. Remember, we were all new Christians once. We were all folks who didn't know the, the awesomeness of God who didn't understand the power that is available, who just sort of were wondering, I don't know, is this, is this God thing really going to handle all the things that life throws at me? I, I, I think about this image. you got somebody who's, who's sort of waffling. They're like, maybe the tip of my canoe is going to 
start turning, and you come along and you say, hey, let me just throw you a rope here. You tie it on the front of your canoe, and I'll tie it on the back of mine, and we'll just keep motoring upstream here, okay? You follow me. It's like apprenticing somebody. It's like saying, come right with me, and, and we'll do this together for a while to help you keep straight. Because, you know, so often folks don't realize how quick that front can turn, and they get spun around, and, and they're weak. They don't they don't know even how dangerous it is. I think about when you're driving a car. You know, like when you're driving down the highway and, and you're going like 65 miles an hour and you just, you, it looks like a straight road, right? But what do you do with your steering wheel? Just ever, ever so slightly, right? Aren't you just, I know some of you are like, and the people in your car, don't let them drive anymore. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about healthy driving, Okay, and, and you just have to adjust it ever so slightly, don't you? Or else you'd go off one way or the other. It's, it's, the same, it's like tiny little movements. But you only learn that over time. And in the same way, those folks who are weak, they don't realize, hey, I, just, I, I, can't, I can't just do something like that because it'll turn me right around. You need to be there to say, come on, tie up to my canoe. I think of a friend of mine named, named Wade. He was a guy who was a wild partier guy. And uh, I only knew him later when he was a Christian, but he told this really powerful story. He said, you know, here's the deal. I became a Christian, and people were like, yeah, Wade, he's a Christian, that's great. And then they kind of sat back and went, I wonder how long this will last. And he said he, he did well for a couple months, and then he started to feel some of the old temptations coming back, and he started to drift. The nose of his canoe started to turn around. And he said he watched other Christians just sit there and go, yeah, yep, I knew that salvation thing for Wade wouldn't last a long time. Look at him. Turned around and headed back downstream. He said nobody threw him a rope for a long time until somebody did, turned him around, got him back going again. When I knew him, he was a strong Christian. He was a guy who was dedicated to Christ, throwing ropes to other people all over the place. But early on, he was weak. He was just new at it. And there were folks who could have thrown him a rope who didn't. And it cost him. And friends, it cost them too, even if they didn't know it. Help the weak. Warn the idle and disruptive. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. And finally, Paul says, be patient with everyone. This is the overarching attitude, the overarching principle that's going on here. Be patient with people. And friends, the amount of patience and care we're paying to other people's conditions, that, that is one of these great signs that we have that we're growing in our faith. Remember, we're, we're looking to say, how do I know I'm growing? Well, here's the deal. If you're looking around, and you're willing to throw anybody a rope. And you do. Even if you're like, oh, this person annoys me. Mm. You're growing in your faith. You are. If you care about other people's journeys in their faith, you are growing as a Christian. That's one of your huge signposts. If you're headed upstream, 
against the flow that the world says, go this way, but you're saying, I'm putting God first in my life in every way you can, you can see it. And if you're looking around and you're throwing people ropes and helping them apprentice behind you or get out of an eddy or not let the tip of their canoe start to spin around, if you're doing that, you're growing in your faith. Isn't that awesome? I hope you're encouraged by that. I hope you just realize how powerful it is that you are growing in your faith. You're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Isn't it? it I think of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you see any growth in any of those parts of your life, you're becoming more like Jesus Christ. And that's what happens when you travel this river. You're going upstream towards God. You're getting closer to the source, and you're becoming more like Jesus Christ. It is natural for us to become more like Jesus when we get closer to the Lord. That's the natural thing. It's natural for us to care more about other people when that time happens. Guess why? Because that's what God is like. That's what we, why we read this little this phrase from Lamentations, this, uh, this couple of verses, and I want to just focus in on this one. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. Hear this. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies, we've been kept from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. Do you know that chorus? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceaseth. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. Great is thy faithfulness. Yeah. That's who God is. That is the nature of God. And when you get closer to God, you become more like him. It's not just an inspiring example. It's something that actually happens to us. It's the power of caring about other people. For the next two weeks, this Sunday and next Sunday, there's there's an opportunity out in the gallery to sign up for a ministry fair. You might be like, well, hey, I'm doing all right by myself. Great! Then sign up to help other people. Sign up to throw ropes. Sign up to look out for other people. It'll be an encouragement to you that you're growing in your faith. It's not that you're earning God's love or anything. You're just growing in your faith. You care about other people. Well, some people might say, you know, I'm really encouraged by this, Pastor Bill. You, you say this, and I, frankly, I have thrown some people some ropes, and that's pretty cool. And I like that. And I'm grateful for that. And some of you might say, uh, whoa. We're talking about getting beyond just looking at my own spiritual life and thinking about others, and wow, that's, I haven't really done that too much. In fact, how could I ever do that? Well, hey, this is, this is where the, the steadfast love of the Lord, it doesn't, end. It reaches out to you, and all you have to say is, Lord, send me your Holy Spirit. Make me a person who, who wants to care about other people. You could pray that right now as I'm saying these words. Oh, God, help me to care about other people. Give me your Spirit that I would care about other people. If you're praying that right now, God is hearing that. God knows that's true. You want to help and he'll give you his spirit that you might 
desire to throw other people a rope. I want to end with just one picture, a picture of Michael Jordan up here. Uh, You all remember Michael Jordan, right? Probably one of the greatest basketball players of all time. These are pictures of uh, Michael passing. Just an amazing, amazing passer. As he went down the court, he could see everything. Well, I want you to know that I had the privilege, I had the privilege, not of playing with Michael Jordan. That would have been cool. (laughs) Seriously, I would have told you about that already if that was... I would have been like, hi, I'm Bill Allen, played with Michael Jordan once, yeah. (laughs) Oh, did I mention that? No, no, no. That I had the privilege of playing with a kid named Gary Clark, a kid from New York City. I went to a small uh, uh, school over in Houghton, and it had a boarding school element to it, and this kid was one of the boarders. And he he was Division I basketball quality. Now, some things happened in his life that didn't send him there. But he was, he was like Michael Jordan on the high school scene. He was amazing. And as we would run down the court, it was like he could see. He could see everything. I have no idea how. I mean, I remember one time running behind him, and I'm just like, okay, I'm paying attention because I know the ball might come to me, and boom, it just hit me. One time he hit me in the face. But the other time I saw it coming, I'm like, oh, look, pop. And it busted my finger just like that. He was so fast. He would just pass you the ball like that because you were trailing right behind him. And I think about that. I think about he was such a helper. He was amazing in his skills, but he was always looking out for other people. And he was always willing to pass that ball in all sorts of cool ways. And it it made a huge difference on our team. I just, I think, man, that's like throwing people ropes, isn't it? Looking and it's like, like the analogy would be he had the power of the Holy Spirit and he was throwing people ropes. Wow. Huge stuff. Well, just to recap, one of the ways you can know you're growing is you care about other people and you look out for them and you throw them a rope. Let's pray, friends. Thank you, God, for this this word that Paul has given to us, that we are not able to do this on our own, but that we have the privilege of looking out for each other. God, encourage us, if we have been rope throwers, to, to know that that is a sign that we're growing in our faith. And if we haven't been, encourage us that you will give us the Spirit that we can become that. Thank you, God. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.